Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Journey to Grateful podcast, a podcast to help clarify the process of loss and grief through experiences shared from myself and others living with loss. I'm your host, Tim Begonia, and this is show number 111. In this podcast, I will review the many common myths of grief to help you better prepare for the road ahead. You are invited to join this community and share your story to help others better understand grief, how it affects us moving forward, and how best to navigate its difficult path. And I invite you to join the community on Facebook and Instagram, subscribe to the podcast, and find quick links to do both over at journeytograteful.com. And lastly, I ask that you take a moment and rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts because doing so will help this podcast reach more people just like you in need of an insightful grief resource which can help them navigate their grief journey. Now, throughout the many episodes of the Journey to Grateful podcast, I have touched upon the overarching idea of the importance of just showing up for someone dealing with grief. Not needing to do anything grand or complicated to help, but to just show up. And I'm certain I'm not the only one who has wanted to offer beneficial support to someone experiencing loss, only to feel inadequate when it comes to what I truly can do for that person to help. And asking myself the deceptively simple question, what can I do to help? My answer over the years has become, just show up. Just showing up is the best thing I believe I can do. Sitting by their side offering that someone for them to speak to, or more accurately, vent to. There is much power and much value in just showing up. It begins with the gentle gesture of being that person for your friend who can honestly open up to if and when they feel comfortable in doing so. And being that someone who they can seriously talk to about their grief and their new experiences is a priceless way to help them. Loneliness after loss is not merely brought on by the absence of the lost loved one. It is perpetuated by friends and family who may choose to keep their distance with the thought that they can't offer any help at all, or they simply don't want to face the uncomfortable facts of grief. I'd like to share with you a story which may help us to better understand the power of showing up and the importance of the smallest, thoughtful gesture. Now it's time to dive into the show. Let's take a look. The story I'd like to read to you was shared by a bereavement group member, Dan. It is written by Debbie Kriegel, and it explains clearly the benefits of showing up through the engaging perspective of story. Now, as we often learn in life, story is a powerful way to connect and to share. It can enlighten and touch so many by just simply painting a picture painting an image in which we can all identify while creating an emotional connection that becomes difficult to forget. And this is my hope by sharing this story. Within this story, the true benefits of the idea of showing up 
will be well explained, but I'd like to make you aware that within this story, you will hear little bits and pieces of the grief experience that create the larger picture of grief. And some are subtle, while others are very obvious. And I urge you to notice them and take them all in, listening for the many details of grief that is revealed throughout this story. This is the power of showing up. Arthur Murphy stands at the sink, his arthritic hands rinsing his breakfast dishes. Breakfast, if you can call it that. His toast was hard and dry, his eggs too runny. Even his coffee tasted bitter today. He pauses, glances out the window. Nothing is the same without her. She used to tease him and call him a grumpy old bear. Well, today he is grumpier than ever. Although it's only morning, can't wait for the night to fall and for the day to simply be over. As he sets his dishes on the counter, he can't help but peek over his shoulder at the calendar. The date taunts him. During this past year without Margie, the calendar has become his enemy. He turns and glares at it, his arms folded across his chest as he leans against the sink. The phone rings, interrupting his standoff with the calendar. He scoffs and ignores it. He doesn't want to talk to anyone. It's probably a telemarketer anyway. Shuffling over to the table, he sits to do his crossword puzzle. Each clue proves impossible to solve. His sweater is too itchy. He can't focus. Arthur takes off his sweater and flings it onto the chair next to him. Looking around the table, the empty chairs amplify the loneliness of their bungalow. His bungalow. The phone rings again. He gives in, knowing they'll just keep calling, damn telemarketers, and looks at the caller ID. It's his daughter. His mood softens a little as he looks at her name on the screen, but he quickly turns the phone off, leaving her call unanswered. He returns to his wallowing. Feeling guilty, he picks up the phone, wondering if he should call Jane back, but decides against it. He's too surly, too angry, too broken. He can't be the father she needs him to be today. He knows she's hurting too. He knows he should comfort her. But he just can't. Realizing this only makes him more miserable. He was always the one to be depended on. The one who fixed things and came to the rescue. What has he become? Who is he? without Margie. Uncomfortable with the intensity of his emotions, he leans on the table. He rests his head in his hands and tries to figure out what to do. What can distract him and get him through the day? He could clean out the gutters, but Jane would scold him for climbing up on the ladder. Maybe he'll vacuum out his car, even though he just did that last week. He knows his buddies from the VFW post are meeting up for their weekly coffee down at the diner right now. He usually goes, but couldn't muster up the courage today. He couldn't bring himself to face their sympathy, or worse, their ignorance if they didn't realize it was the anniversary of Margie's death. He couldn't bear it if she were forgotten. 
Deciding that the crossword is a lost cause, he flings his pencil across the table. His knees and back protest as he stands and makes his way to the garage to get the shop back. He's about to open the garage door when he's interrupted by the doorbell. He pauses and looks in the direction of the front door. He mutters to himself and turns back towards the garage door. Before his hand reaches the knob, loud knocking commences on the front door. Realizing that it's probably Jane, he changes course. He knows she gets worried when he doesn't answer his phone. Opening the door, he is shocked to find Herman standing there instead. You weren't at coffee this morning, Herman announces. The two men stand looking at one another. He doesn't know why, but Arthur now feels like a kid who's in trouble. Sheepishly, he turns away from the door. Herman lets himself in. They stand awkwardly in the foyer. Herman sets down a canvas tote that had been slung over his shoulder. What's in the bag? Arthur diverts the attention off of himself. Supplies. Supplies? For what? Come on, did you really think I'd forget what today was? Arthur's face falls. You remembered? He asks with a mixture of surprise and relief. Herman's voice is soft. Of course I remembered. He places his hand on Arthur's shoulder. I'll never forget what you did for me on the anniversary of Shirley's passing, Arthur. Margie deserves the same kind of tribute. The fellows packed up their lawn chairs and thermoses and are waiting for us at the cemetery. Jane is there, too. Arthur's shoulders drop, and the anguish he's been carrying around about the day falls to the floor. His eyes mist up. Regaining his composure, he deflects to the bag again. You still didn't tell me what's in the bag. Harmon peeks inside and gives Arthur a knowing grin. Just some of Margie's favorites. Yellow Roses, a Casey and the Sunshine Band CD, and the fixings for Brandy Old Fashions. Arthur is at a loss for words. He shouldn't be. He and Herman go way back a long way. They've been through a lot together. But still, Arthur doesn't know what to say. He blurts out extra cherries as he wipes his eyes. Just the way Margie would order it. If we're going to make a toast to her, we've got to do it right. He gives Arthur a wink. Arthur inhales deeply, letting the unexpected plan for the day sink in. Let me grab my sweater. He enters the kitchen and retrieves his sweater. As he turns, he pauses and passes the calendar once more. His eyes study the stark numbers, the ones that had evoked dread in him just minutes before. They didn't seem as ominous anymore. From where he is standing, he can see Herman reach down to retrieve the tote bag. I guess I'll be all right, Margie. I'm not alone after all, he whispers. So now, after reading that story, there's one thing I'd like us all to walk away with. How easy it truly is to help someone through their grief by just being there. We need to understand that it takes nothing absolutely nothing but time and the ability to listen quietly to allow that person to share what they can't easily share. And here's a bit of a secret. Anyone grieving is hoping that others remember that their grief continues day after day, 
no matter the date on the calendar, and moreover, they want others to understand that grief will always be a part of their life. No matter the smile that they paste on their face or the occasional laughter they allow themselves to release, giving them permission to grieve is a powerful gift. Give them the gift of that moment or many moments and show them the simple yet powerful gesture of showing up. Thank you again for listening to the Journey to Grateful podcast. I am thankful for you to take the time each and every week to listen to this podcast, and I am extra thankful for any time that you share it with others. I encourage you to stop by the community on social media, share your own story and insights on grief, and join our family to help others on their path with grief. I invite you to stop by the journeytograteful.com slash community webpage to find ways to join the conversation and make a difference through your story. And if you would like a more personal connection, I invite you to connect directly with me via email. The email address is tim at journeytograteful.com. But let's not stop there. Why not give me a call, leave me a voicemail, or you can even text me. The phone number is 262-298-2428. That's 262-298-CHAT. And lastly, help me build this community, broaden my reach, and support my mission by reviewing this show and telling others why you listen over at Spotify or Apple Podcasts. I provided for you a leave a review button over at journeytograteful.com on the homepage and the podcast page. Your support of this podcast through your comments and ratings is a very powerful thing that you can do today, and I thank you so much for considering it. Now, as we enter into a new year, I'd like to share a poem written by Julie Hebert. It goes to the heart of everyone who is grieving loss, no matter what time of year it is. However, during the holidays, as you can imagine, it becomes heightened and more difficult to put on that brave face. I ask that we all embrace the ones we know who are grieving each day and know that one wish that they have is nicely explained in this specific poem. May there be comfort in knowing that someone so special will never be forgotten. I challenge you all to reach out, say their name, and embrace someone's grief with a discussion of their special person they themselves think about each and every day. Hold their hand, stand by their side, and simply show up. Thank you again, my friends, for joining me today. Let me know your thoughts on today's episode or any of the previous episodes. And for those who are walking on their path with grief, I hope that you find a way to walk confidently on your journey to grateful. Bye-bye.